When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker. You got your Craig Way fix in hour one. Craig is off to shoot around, going to set up the equipment at United Supermarkets Arena. Getting you ready for tonight. It's Texas and Texas Tech. 7.30 with the pregame with Craig and Eddie. 8 o'clock tip. Longhorns and the Red Raiders. Cameron, you got any thoughts on that game? We didn't, we didn't hear from you when we were talking about that game. I, I wanted to make sure we got it done in the first hour while we had Craig. It should be a fun environment. I, I, I'm a sucker for like great college football, basketball environments, even if it's a program or a team I despise. But I watched that Kansas State game, and, and Tech looks a little bit different than they did in November and December, Jeff. It should be a really good game, but also I think you're looking at how good Tech's been playing. Texas might be one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Looking at all who lost this weekend, right? Purdue fell. Tennessee's lost on back-to-back buzzer beaters. Arizona, who some are saying play in the mid-major conference, can't confirm nor to deny that. They just lost uh, to Stanford, who I believe were under 500. Now, you can look at Kansas. Kansas may be above Texas in terms of who's playing the best basketball right now. But, I mean, when you when – you, West Virginia quit in that second half, Jeff. They quit. And when you force another team who's yeah. coached by Bob Huggins to quit, that tells you how good a basketball you're playing. That spurt Texas had at the end of the first half um, where – they got it to 20, and then Emmett Matthews makes the three. But then in that final 64 seconds, you get the Bishop dunk and then the run-out dunk by Jabari Rice right before the horn. It just felt like West Virginia was just kind of done at that point. And then it really it really got away from them. Never cut it to single digits again. Texas led by as many as 37 in the second half. Uh, I like, like we said the first hour, I did watch the Tech-Kansas State game. The other night, I mean, Kansas State just, and this is why it's so hard to win on the road in this league. To your point, Cameron, when you talk about road environments, it almost feels like that noise, that atmosphere is coming down on you. It feels like you almost speed up a little bit. That's when turnovers happen. That's the re- the, the the fact that K State was still in that game down the stretch as much as they turned the ball over says a lot about how good they are. But. I think we've seen it from Tech, from West Virginia, from Oklahoma, kind of those teams at the bottom of the league standings right now. Those teams are much different at home than they've been on the road. Uh, I I think you can look at Tech and some of their splits. They've been a much better team at home than they've been on the road. I'm expecting it to be a good game. And I I wonder, too, to to Craig's point about Davion Harmon taking that game over, we'll see if they get Pop Isaacs back tonight. And he's a really good player, really makes them go. I just wonder at this point, without Bacho, without Isaacs, and to an extent without – 
as far as AMAC, I wonder if they're just getting used to playing without these guys. I mean, we've seen that at some points with, with different teams. Like, you lose a guy, even if he's a key guy. At some point, guys figure out their roles. You figure out what to do, and you learn how to function without that critical piece in the lineup. So, we'll see what happens tonight. Again, 7.30 with the pregame, 8 o'clock with the tip. Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, Longhorns still looking to maintain that lead, uh, that first-place lead. In the Big 12, Bevo Lance Jason on the Specs text line. Which, by the way, Specs text line is open, 337-3776. Uh, Bevo Lance Jason says, I think Texas wins by 10. Uh, mm. Or by 7, excuse me. I don't know why I said 10. Uh, this texter says, how can you say Baylor's not one of the hottest teams? They've won 9 of 10. The only loss was to Texas at home without Langston Love and the reigning Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Did we say anything negative about Baylor? I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm sorry. I apologize to Waco. Yeah, I don't. We didn't say anything negative about Baylor. So, I, yes, clearly they're they're playing really well. Got a good win on Saturday in Fort Worth against TCU. That was the nice thing about the Texas West Virginia game, just getting out of hand as fast as it did. Didn't take a lot after the game to write what I needed to write. So I got to get home, watch some basketball, watch the end of that Baylor. I don't have time to get home, take a nap, and then wake up and watch most of the end of the Baylor-TCU game. Baylor got down oh, big, man, came perfect. back and won. Man, for as crazy as that thing was for TCU to, to put themselves in a position to win, that did you see that last shot by Damian Ball? Like That's one he'd probably like to have back, where he just kind of was on the wing and then just threw a mortar shot at the backboard that rifled off, and it's, you know, T- Baylor ended up closing it out at the foul line. But, yes, Baylor is playing really good basketball. And Texas still has to go to Waco. Still has to go to Waco. I've, I've talked about it though, Cam. You got I look at it in terms of splits and sweeps, man. Split them where you need to, and if you got a chance to sweep somebody, get it done. Texas can sweep that regular season series with Texas Tech tonight, as they've done with West Virginia, as they've done with Oklahoma State. They'll have a chance to do it against Oklahoma coming up on Saturday, the next time we see the Longhorns play at home. So splits and sweeps. If you're gonna win a conference championship, that's how you got to get it done. Like if you're Iowa State, like you can't. You can't suffer a sweep at the nope. hands of Oklahoma State. It happened. And, man, you know, I was not for talking about Big 12 Coach of the Year like in early January. Like when students still haven't come back to campus yet, like to me it's pointless to talk about Big 12 Coach of the Year. And, but rightfully so at that time, a lot of people were saying, oh, man, Jerome Tang is going to be Big 12 Coach of the Year. And he's going to be in the discussion. But I'm I'm much more willing to entertain those talks like in the middle of February where we are right now. Man, depending on how they finish – Rodney Terry's certainly going to be in the discussion if Texas keeps trending the way Texas is trending and is playing, you know, has a chance to win a conference championship in the last week of the season. Maybe that last that last home game, that last game of the regular season with Kansas coming to town, maybe that just decides the whole thing. So Rodney Terry's going to be in that discussion. Jerome Tang, I think, is going to be in that discussion. But if Oklahoma State keeps playing well, man, Mike Boynton deserves to be in that discussion, man. We, when you talk about the really good coaches in this league, and yeah, Scott Drew has a national championship. Bill Self has a couple at this point. You got some really good coaches that have been to Final Fours, that have won national championships, been a part of coaching staffs that have been to Final Fours and won national championships. Mike Boynton's name doesn't get mentioned a whole lot. Cameron, and every time Texas plays Oklahoma State, I make it a point to say I think Mike Boynton is the most underrated coach in the conference, which I think puts him in the discussion to be one of the most underrated coaches in the country. That team just finds a way to compete night in and night out. And when you look at their roster compared to some other teams in the league, they probably shouldn't be as competitive night in and night out as they are. Five-game win streak, only two games back from Texas. 
and they've beaten number 15 TCU, number 11 Iowa State. They swept Iowa State. And then they host Kansas tomorrow. That'll be a fun one on ESPN 8 o'clock tip. That'll really if, – if Oklahoma State can upset Kansas, then not only does that put them in the Coach of the Year award, that puts Oklahoma State in the mix for possibly winning a Big 12 championship. Yeah. But, I mean, look at the standings right now. I mean, the top five, six teams only separated by two games. Yeah. All it takes is a quick little losing streak, and you go from first or second – to fifth or sixth. Well, I mean, look, West Virginia has gone from because they they've been, had a really high net ranking. They've had a really high Ken Palm rating the entire year. Uh, they go from kind of being safely in the field to I'm just looking at Jerry Palm's latest uh, bracket projections, which he released this morning at CBS Sports. He's got West Virginia in the first four. Wow! At this point, wow. with North Carolina, Mississippi State, and Wisconsin, he's got so he's got West West he's got West Virginia. I'm going to see if I can make this sound right. West Virginia for Jerry Palm is the f- number one number one of the last four teams in. Uh, first four out, in case you're a fan of any of these four teams, first four out according to Jerry Palm at this point, Kentucky, Texas A&M, Arizona State, and Oregon. Do Texas fans still want to hire the Kentucky coach who's a borderline bubble team, or are they content with a guy who's got the number one team in the Big 12 currently? I mean, I – I think it's a it's a fool's errand to talk about coaching what's going to happen the the coaching situation and what's going to happen to that after the end of the season. But man, if, if Rodney Terry wins it, forget the NCAA tournament. If Rodney Terry wins a conference championship. If you if you win if you win the toughest league in the country, considering where this program was in early December, you make a really good case with just that alone. Hasn't been done since 2008, Jeff. A yep. Texas team that has won the regular season conference. And they shared that with Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's James, baby. Damian James. Damian James. Ah. Think, you're thinking about former Texas offensive lineman, Darius James, who transferred to, to Auburn. Just get, it's all right, Cam. It's all good. A lot, a lot of names. Twelve year old self is so pissed off at myself <laughs> right now. I, I had Damian James's jersey because it was number five, and they would sell. You know, they used to sell one the generic, jersey, the yeah. generic, and it was number five for some reason. They didn't do thirty five, which made zero sense to me. They did five, and then it turned to fourteen, which was uh, DJ Jonathan Augustine. Holmes, DJ Augustine, and Jacobin Brown. When's the, when's the last time you bought a jersey? Oh, it's been a long. Do you have any jerseys in your wardrobe right now that you would wear in public? I have a Tyler Sagan Dallas Stars jersey. That's See, the one I would All wear. right. I'm going to say I've said this about the jersey. Like, I think once you reach a certain age, like, I don't think you can get away with wearing the jersey anymore. The hockey sweater, I think, is the yeah. lone exception. It, just, it can go with anything. A Pretty basketball much, jersey. Yeah. Even a football jersey, like, to an extent. It's like, okay, it's you're really, kind of. It's really tough to pull but off. The hockey sweater. the hockey sweater is versatile. And I think, I think that's one you can pull off. The only. Uh, there's one jersey I want, and it's the Shy Gelders Alexander jersey because I'm a Thunder fan, and he's phenomenal. But besides that, like you don't, some you're, just, bits, you're an unabashed supporter of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, why? Kevin Durant. So I was a SuperSonics fan, thanks to okay. Royal Ivy and KD. Okay, moved to OKC. I lived in Charlotte. Bobcats were a joke. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna root for Sean May and Adam Awful. Morrison. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Charlotte fans. Even even Bobcat fans weren't Bobcat fans. Follow them OKC, and you know after the KD stuff, I, I couldn't I couldn't leave I couldn't leave Jeff I couldn't leave I had to say and support the Thunder. Unfortunately, Sam Presti. So even when they became the Hornets again, you couldn't get back on the bandwagon. Nah, at that point you, that, that little... was right when OKC was coming off a of Finals berth, and I mean the Hornets even with the change they I mean 2012 they had the worst 
winning percentage in NBA history yeah. in that lockout year. There, yeah. There's no way you can. I saw a video. Somebody did a video retrospective on some of those Bobcats teams, including the one you're talking about, that horrible year that they had. I forget what year that was. But I was like, man, I didn't. I don't know. The Bobcats were just so nondescript for me at that point. It was like out of sight, out of mind. You didn't realize how bad they were. And they were so. They had the worst record. That was the Anthony Davis draft. And the lottery chose the New Orleans Pelicans, and they got stuck with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Poor MKG. Probably, probably the biggest drop off from a number one. That to would a have been the 2012 pick. draft, right? Yeah, yeah 2012, 2013 NBA season, draft. I believe, was All the right. lockout year. And look, I'm a mark for everything Michael Jordan does. But I'm going to see how badly they screw. Okay. Bradley Beal went with the third pick. Dame Lillard was in the first round that year. And yeah, Andre Drummond. Yeah, they botched that one. Yeah. Draymond Green in the second round. Chris Middleton went in the second round. Yeah, you they, they botched that pretty A lot pretty of bad. bad Bobcats in Hornets drafts down the line. Looking at whether it's Rich Cho or you want to go out after MJ. Like, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is the kind of player right now that I think analytics would tell you there's no way you take this guy – like anywhere close to the top of the draft, probably maybe not in the lottery. You're gonna take a D. You're gonna take a three and D guard who doesn't have the three as a part of his arsenal. Like that's just probably not not wise to do that. If you can't shoot in today's game, then you just can't play. It's like if NKG- you have an inability to put the orange ball in the hole, then you're probably not gonna be very successful. Because even if you're a lockdown defender. Offensively, you're playing four and five, and this is the you know the, the scoring age of the NBA. It's never been like this before. So you're even if you're stopping, you're still losing yeah. on the offensive end, and that's why these defensive stoppers. I mean, you watch NBA basketball. There's no defense being played really until you get to the playoffs. But even then, still teams will go after a poor offensive player on on the end of the floor every single time. I think it, it cuts it cuts both ways too because I remember my man Matt Butler, who co-hosts Longhorn Blitz podcast with myself and Rod Babers. Uh, Matt's, Matt was always bringing guys up that, like, the numbers might look good. Like, Jalil Okafor is the one that I remember. He was all mm-hmm. over. He's like, oh, man, look at Jalil Okafor. He's averaging all these numbers. And Matt's like, yeah, and he's one of the worst defenders in the league. So, at some point, he's going to wash out because people are going to realize at critical moments, he can't you can't have him on the floor because he's so bad on defense. The thing about the NBA, Jeff, is that it's such a long season that by the end of it, when teams kind of figure out, okay, either we're going for the playoffs or we're not, They'll start playing guys that you have no idea who they are. So that means someone has to score, right? I think of Malik Beasley in the Timberwolves two years ago, right? That Timberwolves team was awful, but he was putting up 25 points per game because someone has to do the scoring, right? It has to happen. And a lot of times people look at that and go, ooh, 26 points. Yeah, but look at he's on an eight-win team. They won two games after the All-Star break. He's just a stat pattern. It was I remember, to your point, I remember at the end of last basketball season, I was listening to an interview with Mark Falwell, who does a great yep. job doing play-by-play for the Mavericks. And they rattled off a couple names, and Falwell was like, I don't know who any of those guys are. And they're like, well, they were all on 10-day contracts with the Mavs at some point this season. And Falwell was like, that's that's how much you're the bottom of your roster yep. in an 82-game season churns, is there's guys that the play-by-play guy doesn't even doesn't even remember, didn't even know who they are. Uh, Texter says, any comment on the new Jordan movie? I'm all about it. Looking forward to it. Again, the casting decision to cast Matt Damon as Sonny Vaccaro. Dude, like, if Burt Young, who played Polly in the Rocky movies, just a great a great actor of our time and a great role, like if Burt Young was a little bit younger, he would be a perfect Sonny Vaccaro. 
Like Matt Damon and Sonny Vaccaro look like Craig and I were saying in the first hour. They look nothing alike. So that's there's gonna be so it's it's kind of like a lot of sports movies where there's gonna be some stuff that happens or it just kind of makes you cringe a little bit. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I can't wait. It looks like a really good cast and. It's it's about Michael Jordan, so I'm I'm all for it. All right, tell you what, we'll take a break, come back, gonna do our flex update and get to another Longhorn notebook. We'll do that when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. Man, could listen to Babyface all day. It's good stuff. I don't know if I can call it underrated, but there was a a Babyface Eric Clapton collaboration, Changed the World. I think Ooh. that was on the Phenomenon soundtrack. Yeah, it's good stuff. Babyface is awesome. Uh, back here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig Way in Lubbock, ready to call Texas and Texas Tech tonight. 7.30 pregame. 8 o'clock tip for the Longhorns and the Red Raiders. It's Craig and Eddie on the call here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network. All right, Cameron, it is time now, though, to switch gears a little bit. Let's uh, get our Flex update for today. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the Horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by... Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Uh, just a couple of quick things here, Cameron. Uh, we've, we've run down one of these that I'm going to mention, but just in case anybody missed it, uh, congratulations to Garrett Wilson. Blake Travis alum named the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Stony Point. Big shout-out to Stony Point. 25-6-8 champions on the boys' side. Uh, Josiah Mosley and company, they're Sneaky good, man. They could be one of those teams that makes a deep run in 6A. And then uh, congratulations, Andrew Petter from Georgetown was on our uh, all-flex finalist team for the running back position. Just picked up his first D1 offer from UTRGV. So Shout-out to Andrew Petter. Cam, uh, you got anything else to add? College or college basketball. Girls basketball and boys basketball high school playoffs start this week. By district, uh, keep up with flexatx.com for all the coverage, social media coverage, and uh, get out and support some high school basketball as well. Tickets are cheap. It's going to be some good basketball. I'll be over at McCallum High School Tuesday night. McCallum undefeated in district play. They're hosting Eastview. Going to be fun. Nice. 
All right, let's. Uh, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of uh, the Flex Update. We'll be back with one tomorrow. But right now, let's go ahead and get to this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn lender. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. Very, very easy home loan process. You've heard Craig say nothing but great things about the job Aaron and her team did to help them out. It's BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock, she is your Longhorn lender. A little bit of not... Not super, super breaking news, but breaking news nonetheless. Okay, yeah, give me a breaking news sounder, Cameron. You good? AP poll is out for uh, NCAA men's AP poll. Texas, 13 straight weeks in the AP top 10. Bevos are number six. They dropped down a spot? Dropped down a spot, yeah, with the loss to Kansas. But still, I mean, holding, ste- uh, holding steady in that top 10. So can I guess? So I'm guessing Houston's one. Uh, let me pull up the AP Top 25. I just saw where Texas is ranked uh, because it came up on. I'm uh, guessing Houston's one, and I would think the Jayhawks kind of jumped to probably five. If Texas dropped one, I'm guessing Kansas is five. No, your uh, your number one team in the country would be the Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh, up two spots. Nate Oates. Alabama okay. one. Houston still at number two. Purdue drops two spots to number three. UCLA, three spots up to number four. Kansas up to five. Texas six. Virginia seven. Arizona eight. Baylor nine. And Tennessee is ten. Uh, rest of the Big 12 and Shaka Smart and Marquette hanging in there at number 11. K-State is uh, holding actually holding steady at number 12 this week. Uh, Iowa State down eight spots to number 19. TCU still hanging on. Frogs are still in the poll at number 22. They're down five spots from where they were last week. Uh, in other Big 12 schools, also other in the others receiving votes category, uh, you've got Oklahoma State receiving 23 votes. Uh, all you Aggie fans, A&M, 16 votes in the uh, AP Top 25 this Quiet. Week. Quiet year for Buzz Williams. They've kind of turned it around after a, a really bad start to conference play. For sure, yeah. Uh, and I, I've seen a lot of Aggie fans be like, "No, don't, don't, don't rank them. Don't, don't put them in a, a field of sixty-four projection. Just, just let them stay under the radar. Let them keep going." I guess when you've been kind of nondescript all year, just flying under the radar. Maybe you want to stay there, but no, uh, you're right, Cameron. The Aggies are playing much better basketball. But Alabama is your new number one. Uh, Cameron, are they, the, you, are they the best team in the country that you've seen this year? Because there's not a dominant team in college basketball this year. There's a lot of really good teams. I guess why not let Alabama have a shot at number one and see how they do with it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. That I don't think there's anyone that's really pulled away. I think it's like last year where it could be a potential you know, Duke-UNC Final Four. I'm not saying that Duke or UNC will make it back because they have not looked good in the last few weeks for either team. But overall, in terms of just no idea who that Final Four is, because I've been trying to think about – Okay, March Madness bracket. Who are your top four? Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, I I really like I, Arizona's that team, and maybe it's UCLA too, where because they're always on when no one else is playing basketball. Dave Pash, right. Bill Walton on the call, and you're like, wow, Courtney Ramey looks really good in Arizona Red. Oh, UCLA, yeah, they're so good. And then you look at who they played and their analytics and stuff. You're like, okay, actually. They're just playing in a really bad conference. And the same thing for Houston. It's hard to judge because what Samson's done there is incredible, but also who have they really played? Like, do you have a lot of confident confidence in them going into March? But I'll see where you are with UCLA, and not that the league is bad. I'm that way with Purdue. I don't trust Purdue at all. Until until the style of play that Matt Painter prefers 
gets them to a Final Four mm-hmm. and they can make that push, I'm just not. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be a believer in it. But I mean, at this point, I mean Texas has just as good a shot as anybody floating around in that top 10. Everybody's kind of got their flaws. There's no great teams, but there's a lot of really good teams. If anybody gets hot, it could be them. And honestly, like if you're looking for a sleeper at this point, uh, you know, if you're into going to Vegas and doing such things. Don't say Marquette. No, not Marquette. Man, when TCU, a a healthy TCU is capable of beating anybody in the country. And I got to, I don't know the long-term status for, for Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin, but Kim, I wouldn't be shocked if when Texas goes to Fort Worth, if both those guys aren't back in the lineup, up and operating and ready to go. Miles is reminds me of just someone who's just built for March. Like he he can go get a bucket when the last game at Texas, when they were able to come back against TCU here at the Moody Center, an incredible comeback. But Mike Miles is just knocking down shots for you, just like how, like one of those Kimball Walker, like Jameer Nelson type yeah. guys that just you see him. She's one of those guys every March. Just, Even Noel at Kansas State, where yeah. it's like Marcus Carr has a face in front of his eyes, and yet he's somehow just swishing jumpers. I think a lot of people say jumper. that. Yeah, I think a lot of people say that about Marcus Carr too on the Texas side. Yeah. I mean, he's just one of those dudes that just finds a way to get buckets. Uh, but tonight. The Longhorns are in Lubbock, and again, we don't know right now what the availability is going to be for Pop Isaacs uh, or uh, Daniel Bacho. Bacho, neither one of those guys played on Saturday. They got Fardos Amac back. Cam, I just, I don't know, man. Like I said, Tech is a totally different team at home than when they're on the road. Uh, I do wonder, though, if they have Pop Isaacs in the lineup, even though he probably wouldn't be 100%, that changes how I feel about that game because just probably because we saw him get 23 in Austin, and I, I just think – He's a really damn good player that if he sticks around for a little bit could be a guy that you look in the Big 12 a couple of years from now and is going to be one of the better guards in this league. Uh, AMAC will see what happens with his minutes if he's all the way back from that foot bruise and maybe the minutes aren't necessarily restricted. He's not on that pitch count, so to say. Uh, but like I said, Bacho is kind of the X factor because he was a complete non-factor in that first game against Texas. Didn't score, fouled out, only 19 minutes. Uh, just didn't play well when he was in the game. So... Just, for me, it's all about who from Tech is available. And for Texas, the same things that have bitten Texas on the road you're, that you're looking for them to control, uh, don't turn the ball over. Don't, especially if, you're, if, if you do turn it over, live ball turnovers will murder you on the road when a team can get momentum buckets in transition. And then you've got to avoid those stretches like you had at Hilton Coliseum where you're going five-plus minutes without a field goal. Granted, that's a team that, that's a team that was damn near perfect from the foul line. Last time out, which by the way, I was, I was joking with uh, some of the beat reporters after the game. I'm like, all right, does does Dylan DeSue get popped with a wet towel in the locker room for being the guy that messed up what would have been a 25 for 25 day at the foul line? But no, you're not worried about free throws with this team. But yeah, their ability to get buckets uh, and not have those prolonged stretches without a field goal that's huge tonight. Jeff, what have you noticed? Because the last couple road games, it seems like Texas just starts out really slow, not really moving the ball around, a lot of ISO guys is searching for their own shot, and all of a sudden they're trailing you know, by 8, 10 points. Same thing happened against Kansas State, able to come back. Kansas could not come back from it. Same thing with Tennessee. Remember last year against Texas Tech, obviously it was a homecoming game for Chris Beard, a lot going on. You know, Not really surprised that Texas lost that game, but they just got out to a bad start. Dropped out to a big lead. Yeah, the crowd got into it, and from there it was just downhill. And even this year, at times, it just seems like on the road, this Texas team just starts out kind of slow, and you know they're able to come back and make comebacks yeah. in the second half. But in this environment, 
I, I worry about that. Where, where, where the road environment really impacts you, I don't think it's so much the offensive end. I think it's really on defense. If you give up a couple buckets early, you let the crowd get into it, you're kind of on your heels a little bit. That, to me, is where I've seen Texas struggle on the road is defensively, either allowing a lot of dribble penetration downhill or your inability to get back. Uh, in transition defense and play good transition defense, that's really – you saw it against Iowa State. It was maybe the thing that killed them the most early on against Kansas. But I think you go back to the West Virginia game, Cam, I think offensively for them, I just feel like Texas is one of those teams that needs to get a couple of buckets early and then you really start to get into your offense. It feels like when they when they have a couple of empty possessions to start a game, that's when you can feel like guys start to press a little bit. Maybe Marcus Carr takes one of those shots that – he's still likely to take it. Times are like, okay, mm-hmm. I really wish you'd rather just get in the flow of the offense and make the extra pass rather than just you know dribble drive and pass it back and forth around the top of the circle and then shoot a three and then the other team rebounds it and they're off and running. So I just think they need to just get a couple of buckets early. I think maybe look to, to Dylan DeSue or yeah. Timmy Allen early. Uh, even Dylan Mitchell, like Dylan Mitchell, as good as he's been on the offensive glass getting put back buckets, something like that just to get them settled in and the offense flows much better other than that. I, th- I think the most uh, un the thing we didn't nobody really talked about after the game on Saturday that I really liked at the well two things you got twelve points in twenty minutes from Arterio Morris, but you got twenty minutes of turnover free basketball from Arterio Morris. That's huge. He's playing better on defense. If he cannot commit those errors, that's one thing that I've been asked about all year, Cam, win or lose. Like we see it on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7. We even get texts on this show at 337-3776 as a Specs text line, by the way. Like, why doesn't Arterio Morris play more? Why doesn't he get more minutes? Why doesn't he get an extended time on the floor? Because he hits those points where he's turned the ball over or there's a defensive lapse where it doesn't matter what you're giving this team shooting the ball if you can't defend and you can't make good decisions at critical points, as competitive as this league is, you can't be on the floor. So I think for him to have a turnover-free game where he defended well and shot the ball well, maybe that's what gets him going because to to really round out what's been a really good bench with Jabari Rice and Brock Cunningham and Christian Bishop, you get another piece you can count on for however many minutes you can count on him for. That's going to be really big for this team going forward. But the other thing was to see Tyrese Hunter, who struggled shooting the ball on Saturday, to see him late in that game, Cam, it was out of hand at that point, but to see him maybe build some confidence. We saw him get downhill a little bit in attack, saw him knock down some outside shots. Anything you can do at this point to for him to build some confidence, I'm all for it, whether it's in a blowout game one way or the other or not, just to have him come out of that game feeling good about something he did on offense. They're going to need that because you're you're not going to maximize your ceiling in March getting a little to nothing from Tyrese Hunter on offense. He's got to be, whether it's his assist rate is really high or whether he's creating stuff for others, whether it's knocking down shots getting or getting to the foul line by driving downhill and attacking. You've got to get more offensively from Tyrese Hunter than you've gotten for you to make that run in March. So anything you got from him on Saturday positively – I'm all for it. Uh, he he's the guy that I'll be watching tonight to see if there's any carryover from that. Yeah, and a, and a big part of why Chris Beard I think recruited him was because of what he did in March for Iowa State. Oh, he was last awesome. year. He was he incredible. Was, yeah, I mean he he pretty much won them the LSU game, mm-hmm. and he took over that game against Wisconsin. What was cool about that is uh, Texas was in that that regional in Milwaukee, that sub regional, and once the Purdue game was over, or no, actually they play. I'm trying to forget the way it went. 
I think it was, the yeah, the first-round game against Virginia Tech. That was the second game of the day. So I just got to hang out and watch that Iowa State-LSU game, and Tyrese Hunter took that game over. And again, yep. played really, really well uh, in that Wisconsin game that got them to the Sweet 16. So yeah, you talk about guys, those guards that can just do things in March that help you win, guys that look like they just could own March. Tyrese Hunter's proven he can do that, so you need to get more from him. Seven points, uh, wasn't a little bit of foul trouble, had one turnover, but Overall, the things he did at the end in the second half, I thought if there's carryover from that, I think it could really help him. Finish, scored all seven of his points in the second half, shot three for nine, one for one for three from three in the second half. He's got to get to the foul line more. I mean, he, he's at his best when he's attacking downhill. He's just got to get to the foul line more. So, again, 7.30 tonight is the pregame, 8 o'clock with the tip. Texas and Texas Tech, you can hear that here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network. Do want to remind you, uh, give, get over to Horns 24-7. Mike Roach has the stampede posted. He's got recruiting notes from the Battle 7-on-7 tournament that took place in Las Vegas. It's pretty nice when man Roach can uh, get out to Vegas to get some work done. Uh, but Mike's got notes from that. Uh, Chip Brown's got his morning brew column up. Uh, and in case you missed anything last week, my column on what the finalized Big 12 exit for Texas going to the SEC means in terms of raising the stakes for Sarkin Company in 2023. Also, uh, taking a look at how why the Big 12, the Texas exit agreement with the Big 12, why the Michigan game in 2024 wound up being a really big part of that to make Foxhole. We got that all up at Horns 24-7 right now. We'll take a break, come back, close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Closing out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker. Cameron, did you like the uh, national anthem last night by Chris Stapleton? I dug it. I love Stapleton's voice. He He's an incredible singer. I got, I got to see him live. He's going on tour. I know he's playing in the Houston Rodeo this week, El Paso next week. Thinking about maybe going out to Houston for it, just to see him. Man, that that's not a bad road trip, actually. You really think about it. It's, what, two and a half hours? Yeah, two and a half, three. That'd be worth it for Chris Stapleton. Down at NRG Stadium. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to a little bit of cleanup on the Specs text line. Uh, the Tech fan, who I was going back and with, back and forth with earlier. Uh, I apologize, sir or madam. Uh, there's no name on the uh, on the text line. But uh, said, you missed my point, Jeff, because Beard isn't at Texas anymore doesn't mean it never happened. Right, I get it, but. If he's not, I don't know. To me, he's not the head coach of Texas anymore, so it doesn't have the same, same level of relevance, for lack of a better term. Then, will if Tech fans want to post, you know, hand out the mugshots of Chris Beard and put them all over the arena, whatever. I guess more power to you. But like somebody texted in and asked, "Well, can you go over the the situation with the Texas Tech women's basketball program? Why that was a few years ago? Like it's it's over. It's done. Like there's been resolution. Just just move on." And, I don't know. That's just kind of where I am. Uh, Cameron, real quick, what do you feel about baseball jerseys? You talk about how versatile the hockey sweater is. What do you think about baseball yeah, jerseys? I think hockey and baseball are the ones you can just wear out in public. Baseball, and, baseball. if it's like just the plain Rangers or Astros, yeah. no name on the back. I think it's a good look. That and I think soccer – actually, I forgot about soccer jerseys. That may be above hockey jerseys, actually. No, I think the hockey jerseys, really? the hockey okay. sweater is the most versatile 
jersey that you can wear publicly. Uh, Camp, great job today, as always. Again, it's Craig and Eddie tonight on the call, 7.30 pregame, 8 o'clock tip here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network for Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, for the absent Craig White, for Cameron Parker, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening. Chad and Zay are coming up next, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Oh, my goodness. Now-